What, you want me again? <laughs> Nigel and Joe, uh, send their love. And they're not often away, let alone two weeks in a row. There were some, actually some good friends of um, ours. Katie and I know the, the couple, Simon and Keeley from Birmingham, who lead a church uh, in Kent. But, uh, so, yeah. So I don't want to rush in. I've written at the top of my, my notes. Increasingly, you know, we've been talking a lot about pressing into God's presence. And it's very easy when you're speaking, I kind of come to the front and just rush into your notes. And so um, in the last few weeks, I've just written at the top of my notes, what is God up to? And, um, and so that's why I'm pausing. Because it's always, it's very easy on a Sunday to kind of, we do the worship and then there's notices and then we kind of rush into things and just to kind of take time just to pause and to linger and, and say, God, what are you wanting to do? And so that's kind of what I'm ask, you know, asking myself as I, as I look. And uh, God is here. That should get you excited. <laughs> you don't have to kind of like respond. I'm not like speaking when I'm in Africa and you get this kind of... Um, um, I can't remember what you call it, but it's kind of like intera- interaction. But I'd encourage you just to have a, a, a heart that's just open to what God wants to do. I've got two... Um, does it come up? Where's my next? Where's my slide? I'm clicking through songs here. <laughs> but let me give uh, to my first slide... Yeah, that's it. I'll come to that in a minute. I've got two um, announcements I've got to give. Two things I want to speak into um, this morning. The first one is an announcement, and one of them is a, a reflection. Firstly, um, some of you might have heard already, uh, but Ginny Cryer, who was um, the pastor of uh, with Hugh, the pastor of this church, set up this church, founded this church, and then probably about six, seven years ago, I handed it over to Nigel and Joe. Uh, Ginny Cryer died. She's been suffering with cancer for quite a while, and she died on Friday. So just wanted to kind of keep you in a loop. If you hadn't heard that, really pray for Hugh and Rupert and Kate and their daughters in this season. They were expecting it, but still a, a loss. As we get details, I know that... Um, they're ready to organize. There will be a, a service or kind of celebration or remembrance. And as we get the dates, uh, we will inform you. Secondly, the other thing I wanted to speak into, a bit like similar to last week, I kind of feel like I'm coming not just with, kind of I'm coming here to, to do some training and hopefully pass on something from God, but also just to pastorally just speak into uh, situations. I was saying to Nigel and Joe, when they're away, I just feel a greater... Uh, calling or a challenge to do this. Uh, one of the things I wanted to speak into was uh, last week. I don't know how many of you were here last week. It's not like uh, <laughs> trying to look at somebody you recognize. And um, so if you weren't here last week, you've got to just bear with me, but there are principles to speak into. Something kind of very strange happened. I've been coming to this church for a number of years uh, before we went overseas. And then we've been back like five and a half years. And I, I saw something last week which I'd never seen before, which was we officially closed the meeting at um, about two or three minutes past 12. I'm very 
precise because I'm always aware of people having to get their kids. I went upstairs and got my, my children, uh, and I came down, and it was like time had paused. About 80% of the congregation was just sat here till 20 past 12. And I'd never seen that before. And, uh, and I was kind of thinking about it. Some of you, I asked my kids when they came down, I said, did you notice anything? And they were like, no, I didn't particularly. And I thought, I need to explain to my children because when God's presence comes, we need to be able to recognize it. Because if we do not recognize it, then we do not know how to interact with it. And so, if you weren't here last week, my apologies, but the principle applies because God is here. And we've got to learn, if we want to grow individually as a church into entering into all that God has for us. We've been doing this series on consecration, you know, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, I'm going to do something amazing amongst you. Well, last week, a bit of the tomorrow came into the today. And, uh, and so I was pondering, I've been doing a lot of traveling this Week and I've been thinking, God, how do I speak into it? The talk is the easy bit I'll come to in a minute. But how do I speak into that? I've never seen, I've been following Jesus for ages. I've seen, there's been times, I know in this church, where I've seen people get healed. I've seen times where we've just been caught up, we've been doing worship, and we just carried on worshiping, just crying out to God. And those are all powerful. That's all, God, I want more of that. I'd never seen what I'd seen last week, where people were just sat there, rooted in their seats. And so I was pondering about this, and I thought, I need to speak into this with my, my kind of pastor's hat on, and what, what does it mean, what does it look like? And I'm not totally sure, but the verse that came to my mind was this one which I put up, Hosea 6, verse 3. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. And so I kind of felt there was something important in this. And I did what kind of most people do who are not sure what a passage means is, which you look at the dictionary. So I looked at the word acknowledge, and this is what it says. It says, show that one has noticed or recognized. Show that one has noticed or recognized by making a gesture or a greeting. And for me, that kind of, I don't really know, I'm standing up here still praying very desperately hard, but I feel in relation to last week, there's a need to kind of acknowledge, a need to show that one has noticed. And so that's what I want to do. I want to just call attention that God was there, but God is here today. And as we want to start stepping into more of all that God has for us, we've got to acknowledge him. You know, often we say, I want more of God. I want to see more of this and more of that. Whenever we get a little glimpse of it, we need to take hold of that and celebrate it. Not put it on a pedestal, but acknowledge it. When we see somebody get healed, you know, we want to see dead people rise from the dead. But when we see somebody's headache go, we need to acknowledge that and celebrate that. We want to be in that place, I talked a bit a little bit last week, where just when the glory of God, the presence of God, just so falls in a room that we're just lost. We don't have words to say, we're overwhelmed by it. If you look historically, the things that would happen for hour after hour, day after day, where people would just be lost in God's presence. So when we get 15 minutes of it, we need to acknowledge it, recognize it. And that's got to be a posture of our heart. It's a journey that God 
is taking us on. We've been talking for well over a year about this idea of God inviting us into more. I know with my children, when they acknowledge, when I give them a little, I'm way more likely to give them more. We need to learn how to do that. And so I kind of throw that as a challenge to myself. I throw it as a challenge to us as a church. For some of you, this might be going over your head. For some of you, you can grasp it. But I need to speak into it. I'm not, I'm not a very good leader of this church. So I'm just going to ask, before moving on to the, the formal talk, I'm just going to ask God to come again. I know he's here. But let's just posture ourselves. Because that's what we need. We need God. We need to encounter God. I don't want people to go away. It was a good talk. It was an okay talk. It won't be a rubbish talk. But what we need was like, I met God. I've been thinking about God all week more than normally do because of what happened last week. More of you, God. Just come more of you. Just come and we're singing, Lord, come in like a flood. Lord, it felt like we had a few raindrops last week. Come like a flood. Come, Lord, your love, Lord, that takes away all fear. Just come like a flood. Lord, your peace that transcends understanding that can take any area of brokenness and worry and just turn it totally around. We just say, come. We just want more of you. Just more of you, God. God, we don't just want to talk about you. We don't just want to talk about your word. We want to encounter the God of your word. Any dry, any weary area of our life, Help us recognize your presence and to linger there. I'm just going to share what I came to share uh, and I want to share, but I'd encourage you to have that posture. There's a song we sing about waiting a little longer, of lingering, of savoring, and I encourage us individuals as a church to do that. And I know the, 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 the youth are in here this morning, the younger youth. And I'd encourage you and challenge you at your age, learn to recognize the presence of God. Sometimes it might just be like a heaviness you feel. Maybe sometimes it feels like a wind blowing. Sometimes it will be like a stillness. And my prayer for you guys is that you will learn to recognize it and you will fall in love with it. That that would be a way of life for you. As older ones sometimes talk about seasons where we were more aware of God's presence. My prayer and my blessing for you that it will be an everyday reality of your lives. But it's a journey that we're going to go on. The call to a journey. Uh, three or four weeks ago, Joe said, Nigel Joe said to me, can you speak? And I said, anything particularly you want me to speak on? And they go, well, you've got a choice. You can finish off consecration, which if you've been in this church for the last few weeks, we've been going through this kind of topic of 
consecration. And they said, oh, you can speak about Advent. Advent is the kind of the season leading up to Christmas where you start thinking about Christmas and from a spiritual way, preparing yourself for Christmas. And um, I decided that I'd, um, I was like, let's go for both. Two for the price of one. And uh, why not both? Because consecration, as I said last week, consecration is when you give yourself over to God. And one of the things I said last week was, it's an ongoing thing. One of the things that would break my heart, I said last week, would be if we felt like we're going to come to the end and this will be officially the last talk on consecration. And we go, we tick the box. You know, we did Romans about a year ago. We did Emotionally, Spiritually Health. Now we've done consecration. Let's move on. And I said, you know, consecration is more than an act. There is acts involved. Consecration is a lifestyle. It's a beginning of a journey that we want to see, that I want to see in my life. It's a journey that we want as a church, that we're going on this journey of consecration. But also, we're on a journey to different things that God is doing in our lives. And so as I was reflecting on this, I thought the most obvious place was to look at sync that combines the two. And um, some people that are going on a journey the wise men. So just reading from Matthew 2, starting at verse 1. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea. During the reign of King Herod, about that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his stars it rose and we've come to worship him. Herod was deeply disturbed by the question, as was all of Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law. Where did the prophets say the Messiah would be born, he asked them. In Bethlehem, they said, for this is what the prophets wrote. O Bethlehem of Judea, you are not just a lonely village in Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod sent a private message to the wise men, asking them to come see him. At this meeting, he learned the exact time when they first saw the star. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way. Once again, the star appeared to them, guiding them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house where the child and his mother Mary were, and they fell down before him and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so we see that these wise men were on a journey, and we're on a journey. We're on a journey in many different ways. I don't know when was the last time you went on a journey. You know, what did you think? What did you, how did you prepare for it? Maybe as I'm speaking, you're thinking about a holiday or journey coming up. But when you go on a long journey, you need to just think about it. Some of us think about it way ahead of other people. And as you think, you know, different ones of us prepare in different ways. I got my, um, just because I brought my laptop, my laptop back, back here this morning, it's my, I call my classic Ikea bag. 
They don't make them anymore, which I thought was a real travesty. And I love it because it has loads of little pockets. You know, when I go away, I kind of have my pocket for my passport because I want to know where my passport is. I hate not knowing where my passport is. Am I the only one? I'm like, I check, and then I check again. And then I've got my flight details if I'm doing that journey. And then I normally have just, you know, my bits of information because when you arrive, most places I go to, I don't tend to travel within Europe, so I need a visa. So I need to say, this is where I'm going to be staying. So I've got that little piece of paper, just ready. Um, and then you've got to pay for your visa. So I normally uh, travel enough to kind of carry some, I always have dollars on me because people like dollars. And then I always have some sterling because sometimes um, the exchange rate, I, know very, I always know the exchange rate before I travel because sometimes it's cheaper to pay for your visa in sterling than it is in dollars. And then, you know, I just have different things. And the first night I arrive, I sleep really, I don't, I'm not a great sleeper. So I always want to know where my earplugs are. So when I arrive, my earplugs and, and where's my kind of, um, my chargers for my phone so I can just get it all sorted. And then obviously you've got your clothes. There's a legend in my wider family of somebody who famously took, was it like 31 t-shirts for seven days? It's not, it's not my immediate family. And uh, but I won't say which of my wider extended family. I'm like, 31 t-shirts. I kind of work on the principle, how much can I get away with? <laughs> sorry? How little, sorry. How little can I get away with? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. And because uh, I often have to travel light. But there's a preparation, isn't there? And we're on a journey, and, and as I speak, I'm, looking, I'm thinking about journeys on different levels. There's a ch- journey in relation to literal Christmas that we're going to be celebrating on the, the 25th. How are we getting ready for that? It's a time when we celebrate Jesus' coming. You might be preparing for it already on the physical level. We have four children, and we're thinking, what can we give them? What shouldn't we give them? There's a list what do we like on their list? What do we approve on their list? What's cheap? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I just like some of the things they ask for. Man. Yeah, I won't go which child, whatever you're thinking. Can you have something below a certain amount of money? And, uh, and, and you're kind of preparing. You might be thinking about food. You might be thinking where are you going to stay? For some of you, you might be preparing different ways. You know, this Christmas might be a particularly difficult and painful one. And you're thinking, what am I going to do? And so you're preparing yourself psychologically for that. There's a kind of preparation as a church. As a church, we're kind of at this season of consecration, which I say is going to be an ongoing theme. For me, it's going to be like a, an underlying bedrock. It's not something like we're finished and now we're going to move into a new stage. But there are things that we're moving into. In the new year, as we mentioned a few times, we're going to be doing this year of biblical study where we're going to be going through the Bible. We're not going to do the every verse because uh, we're not going to be here for a long time. Um, but we're going to be working our way through the Bible because we feel as a church we need to become biblically literate. You know, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, teaching, training, correcting, and growing in righteousness. So we're going to be doing that. We also kind of feel it's, it's going to be a, a, a year, a journey of learning to live our lives in community. So we're starting off in, in January. We're doing something called... Uh, life group grows large, L-G-G-L. And, uh, and the idea is we're going to be meeting here and just learning how just to do life, maybe sometimes in threes and fours, how can we start taking hold of 
what God is doing in our lives, but doing it with other people, in community, sharpening each other. And that might mean a formal life group, but we know for a lot of people, just the life group structure as it is at the moment, for whatever reason, doesn't work. So encouraging people, if that doesn't work, and one of our values in church, what we're trying to grow in, is to take discipleship, take responsibility for your own discipleship. It's figuring out how to do that. There's different things that God's been speaking to you about. Last week, we took some time and asked God just to remind us, what's some of the callings upon our lives? What's some of the dreams he gave us? And what does it mean to begin to just start out working some of those? So on multiple levels as I speak, I'm not going to break it down each time, but God is always taking us on journeys. God loves to take people on journeys, you know that. He's just reading in scripture again and again. God just interrupts somebody's life and takes them on the journey. As soon as that journey means physically moving somewhere, but generally it's a movement of the heart towards something that God is calling them into. And so as I speak, just be thinking to yourself, what's the journey God is calling me into? Some of you are going through natural seasons of life where things change. Some, some of these seasons are being forced upon you. Some of these things are just things that happen. What does it mean? And so I kind of want to speak into that. And I've always loved the story of the, the kind of the wise men. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of backdrop. This is a little bit controversial, but hey, you can disagree with me at the end. Traditionally, they were four coming from kind of the Iraq area, Iran area. I, um, I disagree. Um, you don't have to go into great depth. My, my two... My two um, anchor point, shall we say, is we're told they come from the east. The Bible definitely says the wise men came from the east. If you read the Bible, whenever it refers to the east, it refers to the gulf, to the peninsula. The east is always referred to in that. We just started taking it just geographically east in our mind. The other reason is, and I'll touch on this later, if you want to find out, if you want to get gold, myrrh, and frankincense, the places where there are in abundance is in Yemen and Oman. That's where it just naturally just grows there everywhere. And I'll touch on that later. And so you might disagree with me, and that's fine. <laughs> but I'm just going to go for it. So if you take these wise men, you're taking my argument, they kind of came from somewhere like Yemen. To get to Bethlehem, to get to Jerusalem, they had to go like 1,300 miles. They were going over, um, I was trying to get a map that did both of them, I couldn't do. But the Arabian Desert, to state the obvious, is a desert. It's got lots of sand. It's got more sand than the Sahara Desert. It's got the highest, um, what do you call them? Sand dunes, thank you very much. Uh, thank you. It's like getting ready for Christmas, isn't it? Guess the word. And uh, the, the highest sand dunes. This desert is so much harder than the Sahara Desert, it didn't get crossed again. First successful crossing of this desert took place in 1931. It took them that long to do it. It has like 60 degree heat. It's so bad that the area they have to go through around the bottom is called the empty quarter. And they say that the average, you know, it would have taken them probably about 60, 70 days to get there. So what we're talking about, whether you agree with me or not, is it's a difficult journey. It's not an easy journey. It's not the kind of journey you just do on a whim and go, oh, let's just go do this. And some of the journeys that God is calling us into involves that same 
degree of choice and movement. So what can we learn from the wise men? Firstly, we're told they were, they were, um, they had been waiting. They had been looking for this star. We have seen this star as it rose. I love the BBC um, production, the Nativity. People know that, the BBC Nativity. I don't know if it's got a special name for it. When they portray the wise men just looking, they were looking in anticipation. They were expecting, you know, and they have this discussion. Is this what we've been waiting for? It was prophesied in Numbers that a star would come forth out of Jacob and a scepter would rise out of Egypt. They were looking for a star, something unique that would start them on a journey. And this kind of links in, you know, what we're talking about at the beginning. The wise men were anticipating. They were looking. Are we looking? Are we expecting? I was thinking about that as I drove here this morning, you know, I'm coming here, I've got different roles and duties in my mind, people I need to speak to. And I was thinking, what am I expecting to happen this morning? I know sometimes when you're rushing and you've got kids and everybody's yelling and screaming, or you keep going, if I could have a quiet journey, that would be bliss. One of the things I want for us as a church and the journey I want us to grow on is to be growing in greater anticipation. We say we're coming here to worship, and we are, and we're coming to meet God. Oh, let our hearts want more. What do we want? Why do we come? Because it's a good thing. We want our children to come. It just, it's nice to see friends. These are all good things. What do we want? I just like, God, maybe it's, I don't know if it's just me. Maybe I'm just speaking to myself. But God, I want more. Do we want more? You know, I wasn't driving to, I know sometimes I, and I, it rarely happens now. I remember we used to do a lot more. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about when you and Ginny were here, and I was just coming in. I was just like, oh, I want to get to church. What's God going to do today? What's God going to do today? What, what is God going to do today? God, let that be our hunger in our hearts. You know, that's my prayer. I know for some of you have been running life groups, you know, and, and I just, that's an awesome responsibility and challenge. And my prayer for you guys is that people go, I want to get to life group. What's God going to do in life group today? This evening? Wow. Whatever it is when it comes to God, you know, there's various things. I know Jenny's doing some stuff this week. The toy fair on Thursday, if I'm right. Yeah, and I know people are going to get blessed. It's like, yeah, what, what are we anticipating? So let's have that kind of hunger anticipation. And then the star appeared, and it was the beginning of a journey. Now, traditionally, I think the way we were brought up, and you see it in Scripture, it's not said in Scripture, and one of the reasons I love the Advent um, BBC portrayal is it portrays it how it says in Scripture. The idea of the star appeared, and it was an indication, and then they just set off on their journey, and it wasn't clear. Often the way it's portrayed is this star appeared, it was really obvious, and you just followed it, any old fool could follow it. So it got to the place. You notice at the end, and it says the star appeared again. 
It wasn't there the whole time. The star was an invitation. That's partly why I made such, you know, made such a big deal um, this morning at the beginning. For me, it was like a star appearing. It was an invitation. And then it involved a choice. Are we going to go into it? It's a crazy choice. If you look at it, and I love that um, the BBC portrayal of it because you're hearing and they're discussing it. A lot of people saw the, the star, but not all of them went. Is this it? Is this not it? All this dialogue and discussion is a choice, is an invitation. And you see it through history. It's a crazy invitation. That's why I gave you the background of the situation here. One of my heroes when it comes to, I used to teach leadership. One of the people I love is this guy called here. He's called Ernest Shackleton. And Ernest Shackleton is famous for keeping his team alive. His ship uh, was sailing to the South Pole. They're trying to break a record or getting across from sea to sea. And his ship, the Endurance, got stuck in ice and eventually got crushed and it sank. And everybody famously got home. But when he was trying to encourage people to come on this journey, he, he put an advert, famously put this advert in the paper. It said, man wanted for hazardous journey, low wages, bitter cold, long hours of complete darkness, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in events of success. And um, you could say that's an advert for God. Men and women wanted for a hazardous journey. That's what God's calling us into. He wants to sign up. I'll have a you know, sign up here, come to the front at the right. Low wages. Bit of cold, hate cold. <laughs> I like the heat. Long hours of complete darkness. Safe return, maybe doubtful. There's a risk. Those of you who know my background and know that um, certainly the people I work with, we, I normally have four or five colleagues every year that get killed. Some of the areas we go to. But honour and recognition event of success. And the best thing I can say is we know that we're going to get success. Read Revelation. Revelation tells us we success. The lamb is on the, upon the throne. The lion has won. People from every tongue and tribe and nation will be before God. And so he's inviting us on that journey. You know, Helen Keller, a famous person who was blind, said, life is either a daring adventure or nothing. And again, I say this to everybody. I was sharing recently with the interns, and I say this particularly, I know the youth is here. Don't let following Jesus ever become boring. I meet a lot of boring Christians around. Sometimes I go through a season, I think, this is getting boring. I think, where have I lost it? It's meant to be a crazy adventure. You're, you're invited on the most crazy adventure in the world, change the world, to partner with the God Almighty. I mean, when you realize that, you know, think about your classroom, think about whatever situation each one of you are in. That's a crazy adventure. It's not boring. People go, oh, Christians are boring. Man, that's because there's maybe something of what they've seen. To live in a place where God just begins to pour his life into situations where people who have, I don't know, just thinking they're worry and just peace begins to fall into their lives and bring transformation. When joy breaks out, when healings occur, nothing's boring. Read the Gospels, that's not boring. Read Acts, that's not boring. And that's what God is inviting us into 
and we need to step into it. And I know sometimes when I speak, people go, oh, it's Paul. He's on one of his rants. I speak to a few people and, um, you know, and I know I'm excitable. You know, I blame it on my, my being born in Colombia, that kind of passion. And I don't ever want to lose that. But I don't want to kind of go, oh, that's Paul's thing. It's not. Who made the star appear? God. It's the one we sing about who's loving, who's for us. You know, we're talking about, you know, reckless love, you know, being pursued by the love of God. That's the one who's making the stars appear. That's the one who's bringing to mind some of the things that he's laid upon your hearts. Some of those dreams that are in your hearts, people he wants you to meet and encounter, areas that he wants you to bring change into. He's the one. It's not me who's trying to stir us in cup. I'm just drawing attention to the good, good father. He's the one that causes stars to appear. And then we need to follow into them. And the bit I particularly want to just touch on, if I'm going to go deep anywhere, is this idea of, if you're going to do this, because some of this is similar to what I shared last week, and the crucial maybe issue today is, we need courage and we need perseverance. When I was kind of preparing this week, and I prepared very late, because I normally write a talk two or three weeks ahead, and, and it wasn't until last Sunday I realised why I had to wait, why God could, didn't let me write a normal talk. I wouldn't have been able to do a normal talk. I wouldn't have been able to fit it in. But the thing I feel like God's saying that he wants to do today is he wants to release courage and hope. I've talked about journeys, and I believe that we need courage and hope to do those journeys. Some of you are facing things now that are very difficult and hard. I talked about Christmas. I know for some of you it's going to be hard. Some of you, and I've been talking about these are things that God's laid upon your heart. So I know that Katie's going to Ethiopia this week, and I know that there's some nervousness there. We need courage. Who needs courage? Who needs courage? Yeah. May I point out, if you, if you don't need courage, I call this as a pastoral challenge, if you don't need courage, maybe the thing that you're following is not, is not ultimately the best that God has for you. Because when you come to that place where God is calling you into something, there should be part of us that goes, I can't do this. I need God. If your journey doesn't need God, maybe it's not the journey that God is calling you into. And so we need Courage. Let's just ask God to come, shall we? I don't know what I mean. I've never done this prayer before. God, just come with courage. God, just come and strengthen weak knees. Psalm 18 just talks about people just having, kind of, giving us strong feet. Just better stand. And for some of you, just to stand is a step of courage. So God, I just say strengthen. Weak knees, God. Just strengthen, Lord, resolve, Lord. I pray that you would bring back again, Lord, where there's fear and there's doubt, Lord. You will remind them again, Lord, of that calling you gave them. Just come, Holy Spirit.
Lord, we're told in Acts, Lord, that these disciples, Lord, that were scared, that were hiding away, when your spirit fell upon them, that they were filled with boldness. Come, Holy Spirit, with boldness and courage and strength and hope. Just come and infuse them, God. Reinforce them. God, just as I speak over their lives from truths, let those truths go deep. I just reminded some verses and I wanted to speak these over you. Just to kind of take hold of. And again, for some of you, this might sound strange. What I really mean is just let these words just go for your mind and come in your heart. Numbers 11, 23, if God's ministry, just keep in this place. Is there any limit to my power? God, let that truth go deep. That there is no limit to your power. Is anything too hard for me? Jeremiah 32, 27. God, let that truth, Lord, just penetrate people's hearts that nothing is too hard for you. <clears throat> 1 Samuel 14, 15. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving. Let that truth go deep. Just calm courage. And I just pray for freshness, Lord, where there's a weariness. Just come. Some of you are just weary. It's, it's been like... You talk about a journey 1,300 miles, you just think, God, give me strength for the, ne for the next meter the next step and I just pray come God again just come strength hope just come God I wrote Psalm, I read it this morning, but it's just come back to my mind. Actually, Kelly read it to me this morning. Psalm 121. I think it's just appropriate. I'm going to just read this. I might say one more thing. And um, then finish. I look up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? And I feel for some of you need to hear this. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. He will not let you stumble and fall. He will not let you stumble or fall. The one who calls you on this journey says he will not let you fall or stumble. The one who watches over you will not sleep. The Lord himself watches over you. 
The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not hurt you by day, nor the moon at light. The Lord keeps you from all evil and preserves your life. There's something you need to hear that. You just feel like you're overwhelmed by things around you, and the Lord says, he is going to preserve you. The one who calls you on this journey is with you. He's going to preserve you. The Lord keeps his watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. God, let let those truths, Lord, just go deep. Let those truths go deep, God. And I'd encourage you just to be leaning into that posture. I'm just going to say a couple more things and hand back over to Laura. But ultimately, I think one of the most important things that God wants to do is to give that to us, whatever that means and looks like. And I also just pray that God will give you wisdom. You know, those verses I shared are ones which are, you know, I said last week, I'm trying to go on this journey of becoming more like Jesus, and I realized I had to start learning new verses. So I just started choosing some of the verses I started memorizing are verses to do with like the nature and the power of God. Like 1 Samuel 14, 15, nothing can hinder the Lord from saving. Those are some of the verses I've stuck where they're in my mind because I started to memorize these. But whatever it is for you to grow in courage, there's an aspect of being in God's presence, but there's also an aspect of putting procedures and habits into our life that will feed that place where we live from a place of courage and perseverance. So they kind of come in just to land, finish. They gave the gifts. The obvious question to ask, we've been saying this, started saying this to our children is, why is God asking you to give him this Christmas? And it could be a whole load of things. The most obvious example is a wise man. And one of the things I like about wise men was they gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They just gave what was very natural to them. God is a good God. He's not asking us to give things like, I can't do that. He's just asking you, what is in your everyday life? I was tempted to bring some frankincense because I, I, I got a load of frankincense uh, just from friends that way because it's just so abundant. But I thought I might set off the smoke alarms. So I don't, didn't do it. But... What's God giving you? Why is he asking you to give? For some of you, he's also asking you maybe to give something else. What's some of the fears? I've been talking about courage. What's some of the fears? What's some of the anxieties? We you know, prayed earlier about peace. What does he want you? What's God asking you to give this Christmas? I always say I ask more questions that you can never answer in a talk. But these are the kind of things to go away and mull over, chew over. So just to conclude and worship, is a worship banner around? Yeah, you might want to get ready. And warning to Laura. What adventure journey is God inviting you into? I talked particularly in some aspects of church, but as you think about yourself, and it could be multiple journeys. Some of you is literally a journey maybe you're going to be doing in the next few weeks. 
the next month. Some of this is journeys that has a longer theme. And how can you use this season or Christmas to prepare? God is calling you on a journey. His journey needs preparation. Maybe some of the stuff I talked about, peace and joy and courage. You know, we need to just pack our bags with that. One thing I love about God is there's no weight allowance. When you travel, there's always weight allowances. Certain places like, shall I do this, shall I do that? Particularly if you fly on one of these short flights. It's like, I didn't expect you to kind of like be there for that period of time. There's no weight allowance with God. I mean, I've given you a little bit of time here, but we're going to have an opportunity in a minute for ministry where it's like, come, bring your suitcases, fill them with courage, fill them with joy, fill them with peace. There is no way allowance on this journey that God is inviting us into. I'm going to ask Michael just to lead us in a, in a song, but some of the things that I've been talking about I'd encourage you, this is a great place to get prayer. You know, I said at, at, at the beginning, linger. It's very easy to kind of go, okay, we're just going to rush off. Some of us are going to get kids. But there's an opportunity here. I haven't talked about them in this journey, but there's camels. If you know anything about camels is they drink and drink and drink before they go on a journey. This is a camel opportunity. There is an oasis here. Doesn't matter whether somebody prays for you or not, courage, peace, joy comes from God. And whether you stay in your seat or you come to the front, linger and drink. I'm going to hand over to you, Michael, because I'm not totally sure what I'm doing. <laughs> As Michael just leads us in worship, let's just um, posture yourself to drink, to encounter God. So we just say more of your, just rain down courage, rain down joy, rain down peace, God, right now. We're hungry for more of you.